ask you to uh, take your copy of God's Word and turn again to the Gospel of Luke, uh, to chapter 17. Luke 17, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, since chapter 9, Jesus has been making his way to Jerusalem uh, deliberately. Uh, knowing that he is headed there to suffer, die, and be raised. And along the way, he encounters these ten desperate lepers who cry out to him for mercy. Uh, Before we read the passage, though, let's, uh, let's pray once again and ask for the Lord to help us today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God full of mercy for sinners And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are a merciful high priest. And our prayer today is that you would be merciful to us. Enable us to rightly and faithfully hear your word today. Help me to faithfully explain it and apply it and help us all to faithfully hear it and take it to heart. Let it be your voice that we hear today, Lord Jesus. And if we hear your voice, let us not harden our hearts. We pray this in your name. Amen. Luke 17, beginning in verse 11. Let's hear God's word. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet giving thanks. He was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Or, Probably more accurately translated, your faith has saved you. Uh, this, is, this is a familiar story, I think, to most of us. Um, but I think when you look at it closely in the context of the whole of Luke's gospel, we can begin to see together how important this story really is to Luke. This is not merely a story about the power of Jesus to heal people. This is not merely a story about gratitude, though it certainly has things to teach us about gratitude in the Christian life. More basically, however, this is a story that illustrates for us some of the basic fundamentals of the gospel. If you like, this story of ten lepers is an illustration of how the gospel works. 
And so in Luke's illustration of the gospel, he, he begins with these ten uh, desperate lepers. On his journey to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing somewhere between Samaria and Galilee. And as he's entering into a village, he's, he is met by, these, uh, by this group of ten lepers. Now, I think one thing we need to uh, put in our minds here is that in, in the Bible, leprosy is, is not identical to what we usually have in our minds today when we hear the word leprosy, you know, what the, what the professionals today call Hansen's disease. Uh, rather, in the Bible, the idea of leprosy en- encompassed a whole host of different skin diseases. Uh, there are actually two uh, entire chapters in the book of lengthy chapters in the book of Leviticus, dealing with the identification of leprosy and deliverance from leprosy. And, and the law of God, it put very strict restrictions on lepers, uh, separating them from the covenant community. And so the really, I think the really important thing for us to have in our minds to understand why Luke tells us this story is, is not so much that we would be conceiving of uh, leprous individuals whose you know, nervous system is not functioning properly, so they've lost feeling in their body and therefore at danger of harming themselves. So that's certainly a possibility. I think the thing we really need to have in our minds, however, is that leprosy effectively excommunicated you from the community of God's people. Uh, Leviticus 13 required lepers to to dress a certain way, to have their hair hanging down. They had to go around crying out, unclean, unclean. They had to live a life of utter isolation, alone, dwelling outside the camp, outside the community. They They were banished, no longer allowed to be, no, lo- no longer able to embrace their spouse if they were married, no longer able to hug their children or go to family or social events or participate in the worship of God's people. It was a, it was a miserable existence. It was a living death to be a leper. And so in the Bible, it is seen as one of the worst possible conditions because you could have other conditions and still have spouse and family and home and fellowship and worship. But if you were a leper, you were cut off. You had to live outside the camp in a life of isolation. And so you have these ten lepers and they've, they've come together in their shared misery. And they've heard about the Lord Jesus. You know, news has traveled Perhaps they've heard stories of Jesus healing and cleansing other lepers. And they've come to believe that Jesus might be able to help them with their condition. And so when Jesus is coming to this village, they came to him and cried, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus, just, just looking at them, it didn't take a whole lot of discernment on Jesus' part. Here are guys with um, their hair hanging loose. They're in torn clothing. Their faces are covered. Jesus knew instantaneously that here is a group of ten lepers crying out for mercy. 
And the theme of mercy in Luke's gospel, it's, it's very, very important. Uh, the opening chapters of Luke's gospel are full of messages about God's mercy. It's God's mercy that Mary celebrates when she says that God is showing mercy by sending this son into the world. It's Zechariah celebrating God's mercy when he says that God is showing himself to be a merciful God in the coming of of the Christ. But the interesting thing is that from, from there in the beginning, the opening chapters of Luke's gospel until this point... Luke's gospel is almost silent on the theme of mercy, except for in one place. The one place where we learn what mercy is, in the parable of the Good Samaritan. You remember the question that was asked of Jesus, you know, who, who is my neighbor, how he responded? He told the parable of the Good Samaritan, and then he posed the question, which of these proved to be a neighbor to the man who, who was in need? And, and the man got the answer right. He said, the, the, the one who showed mercy. That's what the Good Samaritan was doing for this man. He was showing mercy to that broken and needy man. He came to him and met his needs at, at his own expense. He shows mercy for, for healing, for restoration, for a new life, and for a new future. And that is exactly, that is precisely what these lepers are crying out for. They're crying out for mercy. And I think one of the the wonderful things to note about this story here is that Jesus shows them the mercy that they ask for. Isn't that that a wonderful thing to to notice in this story? There's more to say, and we'll say more here in a moment. But at this point, here are these ten lepers who come to Jesus crying out for mercy, and Jesus shows it to them without reluctance. It says something, I think, about our Jesus, that anyone who comes to him crying out for mercy will never be turned away. And that becomes all the more amazing when this story continues to unfold and we begin to see something of the hearts of the other nine. And here you have Jesus who sees the hearts of men, understands their deepest need, their greatest need, and yet when they cry out for mercy, Jesus gives them the mercy that they ask for. I think it says something about Jesus that Hebrews emphasizes when it tells us that that our, our Jesus is a, a faithful and merciful high priest. He's not reluctant to show mercy. And so although this is by no means the whole story, it's part of the story that the desperation of these ten lepers is met by the abundant mercy of Jesus. He heals them all, every single one of them. But... You knew there was a but coming. (laughs) That leads us then to the second part of Luke's gospel illustration. Because the the desperation of these lepers then leads us to the surprising command of the Lord Jesus. Um, There are two incidents in Luke's gospel of, of Jesus healing lepers. The one back towards the beginning. And you, you remember 
if, if you can think back, I don't know, two years ago maybe, uh, how that story unfolded. He, he, he comes to Jesus crying out for grace. And you remember what Jesus did? He stretched out his hand, he placed his hand upon the leper, and he healed him. Now that's an, that's an astonishing thing because you don't do that kind of thing in Jesus' day. Because up to that point, anytime something that was clean came into contact with something that was unclean, that clean thing became unclean. And now in, for the first time in the history of the world, that which is clean comes into contact with one who is ceremonially unclean. And that which is unclean becomes clean. It's one of those great dramatic moments in the gospel. I wish I, wish I could have been there to see when Jesus was stretching out his hand. You can imagine the onlookers gasping. What are you doing, Jesus? No one does that. He places his hand upon him and he heals him. But there's none of that here in our story. You notice the difference. Actually, these ten lepers are at a distance from Jesus. And Jesus doesn't close the gap. And he gives here a a, a command, a surprising command, uh, to go and see their priests. Now, why is that a surprising command? It's a surprising command because they had already gone to see their priests. The, the, The reason they were outsiders, living as lepers, crying out for mercy, is because they had already gone to see the priests and the priest had done his job and said, whether callously or in love, dear, dear friend, you are a leper and you must now live alone. Of course, the Old Testament law said that if someone's leprosy disappeared, the, the priest could say, according to the law, that you are healed, you're no longer a leper, you're welcome back into the community. But you, you need to pay close attention in this story because Jesus has not yet healed these lepers. And he's telling them, go back to your priests. You see, priests were powerless to do anything about the leprosy. All they could do was administer the law of God. All they could do was declare what the law demanded. And so when Jesus sends them back to the priest without yet healing them, I think there is a sense in which he is sending them to the law that will drive them to realize that the law cannot heal them. That the law cannot cleanse them. The law cannot declare them clean when in fact they are unclean. And if they are ever going to be clean, it's going to be the Lord Jesus who does it. And so you see how significant significant this is. Jesus is teaching these lepers and, and us how the gospel works. The gospel works when... Jesus says to unclean sinners, go and stand before the law of God. And it's there that I discover that I can do nothing for myself and the law can do nothing for me to make me clean before God. I can't, the law cannot save me. The law cannot cleanse me. The law cannot lie about my condition. The law can only condemn me. 
And so there's an illustration here that it's only Jesus, Jesus who, can, who can make clean what is unclean. And I think in this surprising way, Jesus was at least impressing upon them the, the same lesson Scripture declares clearly elsewhere. That, that because of the sin in our lives, of which leprosy was meant to be a picture, it's defiling effects, that the law is powerless to deal with our sin. The law, it cannot, it cannot heal you. The law cannot change your nature. The law cannot change your status before God or make you whole. That's why God's Son was sent into the world in the likeness of sinful flesh to deal with sin so that we might be forgiven and made new. And so the lepers are, are on their way to the priest. And we don't know how long it was. We don't know how far away they are from Jesus. But on their way to initially hear what they already knew the law would say about them. But then at some point along the way, this is just a bit of sanctified imagination. I picture one of them you know, looking at, at their hand and realizing, oh, those, those spots, those eruptions are gone. And he starts to unravel some of the cloth and realize, guys, I, I think I've been healed. And they start to look him over and you're right. And they start to examine themselves and they all collectively realize Jesus has shown them mercy. Jesus has healed every single one of them. But, here's the, here's the but again. While all ten of them had exactly the same physical experience of healing, only one of them had an experience that went below skin deep. And so this story that begins with the desperate cry of ten lepers leading to the surprising command of Jesus ends with the response of one saved leper. Now, did you catch, did you catch how Luke reminds us of, of what we've known since chapter 9? That this took place while Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And again, why is Jesus on his way to Jerusalem? He's on his way to Jerusalem to, to save us. He, he, was, he was going to be wounded for our transgressions, bruised for <coughs> our iniquities. The chastisement that would bring us peace would be upon him so that by his stripes we would be healed. And Jesus has come from the, the highest heaven into the muck and the mire and the uncleanness of this fallen world. And he's marching to, to the cross, embracing its shame and humiliation, where he himself will be utterly isolated. He will experience there an isolation that not one of us can wrap our minds around. Not just isolation from his friends and family and followers, but in some sense, even isolation from his heavenly father. 
The isolation that Jesus is going to enter into is an isolation that Jesus says, none of you can go there with me. None of you can experience the baptism that I have to endure. None of you can drink the cup of wrath that must be placed upon my lips. You see, dear friends, Jesus became the supreme leper of all history. And yet only one of these lepers returns to thank Jesus and praise God. Nine of them didn't return to Jesus to to fall at his feet and thank him for his mercy. And the question you have to ask is why? Why did only one return? Why did the other nine not return? And I I think the straightforward answer is because the other nine, they got from Jesus what they came to receive. They got from Jesus what they came to receive. Dear friends, you can experience temporary blessings, relief from suffering, healing of the body, and still walk into a lost eternity. And that's why this one leper is such a striking illustration of how the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ works. I think think that if you were able to to go back to this time and speak to these other nine lepers who didn't return to Jesus. And you ask them, can you, can you explain to me your experience? I, I think you would have heard them say, I'm, I'm so glad that I met Jesus. I'm so glad I met Jesus because he healed me. I'm so glad that I met Jesus because he took my problems away. I think if you were to go to this other Samaritan leper and ask him to tell you about his experience, I think he would have said something like, I'm so glad I had leprosy. Because it was by that leprosy, not because I enjoy suffering or look for it, but because it was by that leprosy that I was brought to the feet of Jesus. You see, Luke is doing something that, he's a great storyteller, If you like stories, maybe you picked up on this. I think Luke is trying to communicate something to us by talking to us about the proximity of these individuals to Jesus. And he's he's telling us, that by by giving us this detail, that while they all began at a distance from Jesus, nine of them will end, at the end of the story, they will end up at an even greater distance from Jesus. And then you have this single Samaritan leper. Don't miss that little note from Luke. Who at the beginning is already further away from Jesus than the others. He's already an outcast. He's already at a disadvantage in the eyes of of people living during this time. And yet, by the end of this story, there is no distance between this leper and Jesus. He's at the feet of Jesus, praising God and giving thanks. And Jesus says to him, rise and go your way. Begin the new life that I've given to you. Your faith has saved you. Not because the power of salvation resides in our faith, but because by faith you get hold of the Savior. 
And you know what's interesting too is if you keep going and, and you just read through the rest of Luke's gospel this afternoon, I think I'm right in saying this, you, you will not find another insider receiving blessing from Jesus for the rest of Luke's gospel. They're all outsiders. Poor widows who barely have anything. Tax collectors. Tax collector who climbs up in a tree. Beggar. A criminal being crucified on a cross. And then what they all share is that they come to Jesus not to get blessings from Jesus, but to get Jesus himself. And so there's this question, I think, hanging in the air when you read this story, dear friends, that we need to ask ourselves. And the question is, is there, is there any distance between you and Jesus? He has. He has shown us all blessings. And we've, we've all experienced blessing today coming here and sitting under the ministry of his word. He has blessed us with the, the means of grace, but it's so easy, isn't it? To take blessings from Jesus and, and walk away from him. Instead of recognizing that Jesus came into this world not merely to do us some favors, not merely to make the load a little bit lighter, but he came he came to make us whole. He, he came to heal us and reconcile us and save us for all eternity. And this story is reminding us that if you come to Jesus, it's, it's all yours. Everything that he set out to do and accomplish and purchase for his people in his life and in his death and in his victorious resurrection is yours when you come to him in faith. When you come and you cast yourself down before his feet, praising God and giving thanks. So dear friends, let's, let's hear the open invitation of this story afresh. That Jesus invites the lepers, the outcasts, the broken and the needy and the unworthy and the unwanted to come and throw themselves at his feet and know his everlasting mercy. And we're going to be reminded of that today as we come to the Lord's table in just a moment. Let's pray together. Father, we know there is nowhere better, nowhere more safe than at the feet of our Savior Jesus Christ. And we pray that as we rest there giving you thanks and praising you for your mercy to us in him, that you would help us to trust in the Jesus and remain ever near to him, living lives of gratitude and worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.